We have hot mics. Mics are hot. Yeah, takes are hotter. Three, two, one. Side, Philip Rivers and Matt Ryan have now been removed from the playoffs. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I mean, Justin Herbert and Josh Allen. Welcome in, guys. Ryan's now mad at me. This is the Too Fat to Play podcast. He hates Philip Rivers. It's not a good quarterback. I mean, he threw for like 63,000 yards, 400 touchdowns. He's not a good quarterback. But is Josh? He's dropping. I'll be the first to admit. He's dropping. That brings me to my very the very first thing I want to cover. Let's go ahead and hit that game real quick. All right, before we get in, guys, we're uh, going to probably fire through this a little bit. Um, I got home at 9. I thought I'd be home at 8. This is going to be a quick episode, so this might be kind of a quick form little situation, and then tomorrow we might have a more of a normal in-depth con- conversation. Um, so if we don't get to something tonight, we can and just you're upset hit, about it. We can just kind of hit content and then go over games tomorrow. So we, we could do that. I mean, I, I'm good with whatever. There's three but. big topics today, um, that I kind of wanted to hit. Uh, and I kind of want to start with this first one here. You've already alluded to it. Huh? What's fire. wrong with the bills? And I feel like I've already addressed my main concern for that. And I did that last week with the revelation that sent you into a tizzy that Ken Dorsey's that OC. I, I feel like that's what's wrong with the Bills. Um, yeah, Josh Allen's not being able to prove it in the playoffs, and that's that's worrisome. He can't beat Joe Burrow in the playoffs. He can't beat Patrick Mahomes in the playoffs. That The trend is starting to become a problem for Josh. I agree. Um, I, I, I hear what you're saying. And I know you have more to add to that, but I want to throw this out there. What happened to the defense that's supposed to be so vaunted? I agree. I agree. Uh, It's weird that you have Sean McDermott, who's been defensive guru for three years, and his defense has gotten worse and worse. And what the hell showed up? And I feel like part of that is you spent $27 million a year. On a expiring pass rusher who's hurt. You're, I know they needed the pass rusher, and, and don't me do. wrong, Kansas City's in the same boat. They need that pass rusher. Granted, we're also spending twenty million dollars on a pass rusher, but at least Frank Clark is showing up to the game, whereas Von Miller's doing a podcast, right? And I I feel like. That defense, that defense was built to operate around Von Miller and what his strengths are. And once he went down, they never fixed it. They, they as soon as he went down, the guys like Greg Rousseau, um, oh crap, 
the Boogie other, Basham. Boogie Basham. They stepped up, but as the year has drawn on, Greg Rousseau was having an well, all-pro they, level got star. no depth. No, absolutely not. They've got their four-star starters, and that's it. There's no depth behind them. I, you look at a team, two teams that have great defensive lines. They both played. The Niners and the Cowboys, they have depth. They rotate their guys in and out. You keep one guy on the field at all times if you're Dallas, which is Micah. When he needs a break from pass rush, you stand him up. It's, which is the weirdest thing to say. It didn't and work. I think it's why they lost. He played stand up. Said so we can we can touch yeah, we'll on that talk. game, but I, I I think a big reason that the Cowboys weren't able to limit San Francisco any more than they did is you were playing your best pass rusher at middle linebacker. Well, that and Dak is ass. Ass, ass. Ass, ass. I was getting there. No, but back to the Bills. I don't want to say they need an overhaul because that ros- the roster is good. The roster is damn good. The holes seem to be in the coaching. It, and that's what it feels like because the more I watched highlights of the game and everything – I get you have Josh Allen, and Josh Allen was doing everything he could to be Superman, and there for a while he was. You can't go out and just call plays. You have to have a game plan. It felt like, it kind of looked like watching the Chargers where there was just calling plays. Mm-hmm. You know, like, we have no answer for anything. There was no adjustment. There was no rhythm to it. It was just call plays. And, and I don't want to make the comparison because I don't believe that the same kind of quarterback but when you take the running again, running game away from Buffalo, I mean, it's a much more athletic, but it's Dak. Yeah, it's it is, and and it's granted, terrible. I mean, it's the same thing with with Justin. I mean, the very few quarterbacks can do the hey, our running back is getting twelve carries a game. Very few. It's it's Tom and it's Patrick. And even Pat's getting a lot more help from his running game recently. No, Kansas City's done a lot better job with the running game recently. (laughs) Isaiah Pacheco's looking phenomenal. No, when I watched that game with you, that was Sunday's game. Yeah, Mm -hmm. Sunday's game. The only thing I got out of it was this run game sucks. It's not even that they're one-dimensional. The Bengals literally stepped back, said, try and throw on us because you can't run. Mm -hmm. It was... It was humiliating for a team that's better than that. That's the other thing. The Buffalo Bills are better than that. Oh, they're better than 10 points. Absolutely. But if you can take away Stephon Diggs, man, that offense is barren. You take away Stephon Diggs? I mean... Especially when all of your play calls are put it up. If they would have tried nickel and diming it down the field, hit Dawson Knox on the out, hit Dawson Knox on the in, send Gabe Davis on a slant, and uh, Cole Beasley on an in route. Say, I, their, their offensive play calling reminded me of Kansas City in the Super Bowl against the Bucks. What you were going up against was not what you were calling plays against. No. You were calling plays because, hey, they worked in practice. Not you were because... calling play. Those are the plays that you you call out against the Texans, like 
let's see if we can't hit on a couple of these, make some splash plays, because mm-hmm. we're not going to be able to do that unless you're a team going for it all. I mean, you've got not say you're the I don't know the Giants against Philly, which it didn't work for them for a multitude of reasons. Mainly because they didn't try and run the ball, and I want to talk about that a lot tomorrow. But no, I Josh didn't play great. Josh, Josh didn't play good. He didn't play as bad as Dak, but Josh didn't did not. He he was the whole reason they were in the game. He was also the reason they lost the game. Mm-hmm. No, no, I mean, I I don't want to say it's just Josh. No, um, but that offense looked lost, stagnant. And I, I understand Stephon Diggs' frustration. Very much so. Um, it, that could be an interesting development to see how things go. I hope not there, but um, but I but, agree, something's got to be done. But the Bills could be in a situation where, you know, if they're like, "Hey, we need another receiver," D Hop is reportedly available. He's been linked to the Patriots and the Ravens that I seen earlier today. And I know he's been linked to the Chiefs already. Which, you know, whatever. But I think if the if the Bills go, we need a second receiver, that could be interesting. But again, Josh is having a All- litany of troubles getting through fuck it, I'll say it. The Alpha and the Omega. Of the AFC, it is it it that's exactly what it is. I mean, Josh is the third best quarterback in the league right now, and it's by a long shot. Earlier this season, I had him at two. I had, and with just sheer ability, he is two. But when you look at how they produce in games and everything around them, he's three. Mm-hmm. That and, uh... hurts me to say because I'm a Josh fan, but I watch these games. I'm not stupid. I let my heart get ahead of me sometimes. But I, I watch Joe Burrow with ice in his veins light up a team that had no business getting lit up. So I don't remember who said it. I I, I, I wish I could put the name to it, but I, I can't think of it. It's, it's something I wanted to ask you. They, they listed off who are the two best quarterbacks in the NFL. And they had Mahomes as the most talented, most wild plays. He's the best player at the position. And Joe Burrow is the best quarterback at quarterbacking. I, yeah, I, I feel I've, I'm, I feel I'm, like I know exactly what you're talking about. It feels like it's Tom, Tom Brady. Yes. It's, it's Tom Brady. What, uh, you know, we've, we've said it multiple times. I've made this comparison multiple times. What is Tom Brady's superpower? He doesn't have one. He wins. That's his fucking superpower. And as much as I hate to say it, it obviously well, and- it results in bad things for both members of this podcast. <laughs> and I t- I've already tweeted it out. It's out there. You can find it. This feels like Cincinnati Super Bowl. Yeah, it does. It it totally feels like Cincinnati Super Bowl, which I think that'd be like the first time that a team has lost a Super Bowl and then won it the following year. That's insane. I I feel like it is because usually 
the team that loses the Super Bowl has a worse hangover than the team that wins the Super mm-hmm. Bowl. Uh, Not the case this year. No, by <laughs> no means. It was very lopsided in that. But, but man, Cincinnati, A, it's going to be interesting to see what that offense looks like whenever they have to break it apart because somebody else is going to pay those receivers. But you still got, what, two years probably before that happens? I mean, well, I guess this is Joe's third year. They could start talking contract extension this year. This is Jamar's second. This is T's fourth. I think it is T's fourth. So, I mean, it could get interesting here because, I mean, you've got two guys that you can legitimately make, that that can legitimately demand number one money. Oh, yeah. And, oh, by the way, Tyler Boyd. So Who's a one on, like, three quarters of the league? Yeah, I mean, he... How is that your third option at receiver? Yeah. It's insane. And and then you go, oh, by the way, we have Hayden Hurst. Oh, by the way, we have Joe Mixon. Samaje Pirine is a fine piece, but I feel like he's he is boosted because of the parts around him. Um, Cincinnati's offensive line, three backups are playing. They allowed one sack. They are actually they're still allowing a lot of pressures, and Joe's doing a lot better getting away from the pressure. Mm-hmm. Interesting to see how he fares against. That's the weird thing. The AFC this year, high-powered offenses. Outside of the Eagles, the NFC, the best defenses in the world. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Eagles had 70 sacks this season. I'll say that again for anybody not listening. They had 70 sacks this season. They didn't have a guy on the top 10 leaderboard for sacks. The team had 70 sacks. It's also a 32nd run defense, but that's why I want to talk about it tomorrow. That's fair. But, no, it'll be interesting to see what happens, and obviously it won't be this week. Obviously. The the Chiefs have one legitimate pass rusher. And, oh, by the way, Chris Jones does not have a playoff sack in his career, which is a weird thing to say. He was all over the place on Saturday. Yeah. Um, But said i i have the wrong feeling going into this as a chiefs fan and i'll, I'll get more into it tomorrow i but my feelings have they haven't completely changed but i'm starting to look at some numbers look at some uh some stats as the year has gone on i still don't like my chances with a mobile quarterback that's always been the 49ers Achilles heel, but if you can stay in it, all you need is 97 to get one play. Mm-hmm. So, like, I, we'll talk those two big games tomorrow for sure, and we definitely will cover the entirety of uh, the divisional round a little bit more, as well as do predictions in tomorrow's show. Like Austin said, we'll try and make this quick. Uh, the other thing I kind of wanted to talk about, we'll do the short one here real quick. Sean Payton, big news today. The Broncos are extremely interested with him. Um, They have had two uh, interviews and would like to extend him an offer. But as of right now, it seems like Sean Payton, although being very interested after the first offer, doesn't want 
or sorry, the first interview does not want the Broncos to offer him a job. Do you think this has something to do with Russell Wilson or ownership? Because, you know, the salary cap does not apply to head coaches. He's looking anywhere in the range of 20 to 25 million per year. I don't feel like, I mean, if there's a team that he's going to walk into and be like, you're going to pay for this, you're and you're going to pay me for this, Denver's the place to go. You're looking at Walmart money, baby. He's got, they're going to pay whatever they, that. Obviously money has a lot to do with it. I feel like he wants to win. I feel like this is a Russell Wilson, I, I don't know if I can fix that. So. I think Russell Wilson's probably part of that. And actually, while you were reading that, I was actually reading the story oh. on this. I obviously have not been near my phone today. No. Um, You've been very busy leading young men and win- women to uh, championship caliber bowling. Easy. We we won a varsity match today. We're going to... Championship gonna... caliber bowling. Okay. We need to take a chill pill on that. We're going back to football. Um, so part of that's definitely Russell Wilson and I, and I will, the way he played, if you're worried about coming into a quarter into a situation with a wash ass quarterback, clearly that's not where you want to be. I think the bigger problem for Denver isn't their quarterback. You have no way to build that team. You have no draft capital. You have no spending money. You have no way. I mean, you can't. You can't even pull a Rams and quick fix this situation and mortgage the future on it. You don't have that option. You don't have that option for four years. So, yeah, probably Russell Wilson being an absolute turd on a football field this year is part of it. But I think the inability to fix the team in any kind of somewhat quick turnaround. I mean, as bad as Denver's offense was this year, if you could fix that in two years, that'd be a win. Well, and I almost look at it as a, could this be a win now higher? This is why I was really high on him with the Chargers, because that's a win now roster. with If Sean McDermott got fired... I'm not saying he should. I don't. He hasn't been Nathaniel Hackett as a coach, but I would totally understand if the Bills finally stepped back and looked at it and been like, "Man, we've had no defense for the last year and a half to two years, and our offense is just calling plays. Mm-hmm. This isn't going to cut it with the talent we have." I feel like that would be a six-week Sean Payton turnaround. You give they go three and three trying to figure it out. Josh Allen under Sean Payton. You get Vic Fan or not Vic Fangio. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, Vic yeah, Fangio in a DC. Turn that son of a bitch right around. I have an and and it's and it's somewhere I do think they should they should be firing their head coach on a team that lost this weekend. Dallas. Dallas. I've heard Sean Payton would be stupid not to take even with Dak at quarterback. Mm-hmm. I don't well, I don't know if Dak is quote unquote fixable. Ha, hell, that's a great segue into 
how do you fix the Cowboys? I mean, because they're th- there. There's a there's a really easy way to fix the Cowboys. Well, he's eighty one. You can't go beating up on old people. No, but people have heart attacks all the time. I about screeched into the mic. That was beautiful. If you could have seen the air quotes Austin just gave me, you would understand why there was such a long pause there. Holy shit. We've got to get video. If uh, good old Jarrah Jones would get out of the way, fire his trash bag head coach, let the defensive coordinator... Dan Campbell? Dan, no. Dan Campbell is the head coach of the Lions. Or not Dan Campbell. Oh. Um, uh, Jesus. Dan Quinn. Yeah, Dan Quinn. Let him take a job because he's probably getting a head coaching job anyhow. Do everything you need to do to get to the base of Kellen Moore to keep him around. Bring Sean in. And I don't know if Sean would keep Kellen but I think you should. I agree. The play calling was not atrocious against the 40. It was poor execution. Yeah. So bring John in, bring Fangs in. If you keep Kellen cool, if not, Kellen's getting a job somewhere else. Um, Probably in Tampa. Could be. Um, He might be headed that way regardless. Take care of whatever you have to do to, uh, Get rid of Zeke. I don't know that you can, but, you know, people have heart attacks all the time. Um, Keep Tony, (laughs) which, honestly, I saw a couple, I saw a stat earlier and I read it to you before we started recording. Um, Keeping Tony may not be necessarily all it's cracked up to be. Um, Over his last 40 carries, he's averaging under four yards a carry. Which I realized, you know, the goal is three and a half. Yeah, get your first downs every every, every three, three plays. But not ideal. Um not with his big playability, it's not. Correct. Um and then But what did Zeke have? Just go ahead and tell us what Zeke had. Uh he had uh seventy two yards on his last forty carries. Which was half. Yeah. Half less than of what Tony Pollard had. Yeah. So when I've been saying, I just want everybody out there on the on the speaker waves to to know I was right. Zeke sucks. We've been both saying it, but I I got a lot of hate for that in one of my fantasy football leagues. You drafted Zeke in the third round. You know who you are. I said, wow, you should have taken Tony, who I took in the sixth. Their fantasy output was almost identical, though, because Zeke's the only one that scored touchdowns on a Which regular. is bullshit! <laughs> so, I I may have not been correct, but I wasn't necessarily wrong. Um, yeah, but which one of them is going to be on the roster next year? Probably Zeke. Probably. <laughs> because um, of an 81-year-old that should probably be in a nursing home. Grandpa Jerry, put the phone down. Grandpa Jerry, you can't just draft a guy because he looks fast. 
Um, no. Uh, um, but no, I think the the Cowboys are. And I, I guess this is going to come down to how you feel about number four. If you think number four can be a serviceable starter. I think he's just serviceable. Because I think, you, I, I think he's 16 to 20. Yeah. On average. Yeah. Because on his good days. On his, on, on, on his best day. He's hovering around eight or nine. On his best day, he can rival the top five quarterbacks in the league. On his best day, he's done it. He can put the stats up. He can put the throws up. Whenever everything goes well, you introduce just a little bit of a problem. A little bit of pressure. A little zone bit of defense. <laughs> a simple zone defense. Cover three. Tampa two. He drops down to the worst quarterback in the league. He's so bad. And, like I said, if you think you can fix that, I don't see it as fixable. The guy has been a seven-year starter. At seven years, you kind of are who you are. How many Ryan Tannehill stories are there? Like, really? Yeah. Yeah, Kurt Warner had a great time in St. Louis before he ended up a giant which a lot of people don't even realize he was a giant before resurrecting his career. Kurt Warner also started out in the league as somebody that shouldn't have been in the league and then proved why he should have been. He had a little bit of a career dip that got him booted. Mm -hmm. He needed a change of scenery. He backed up Eli, went to uh, Arizona. You're not going to get that with Dak. Dak came out hot. Has gotten progressively worse. You paid him. That means that's one less player you can pay on your offensive line. That's one less receiver you can add. That's one less running back. Especially whenever you pay your running back $20 million a season. You know, getting rid of the contract hell that the Cowboys are in will take time. Because, obviously, nobody's trading for Zeke. No. Not a chance in hell. Nobody's trading for Dak. I think the Cowboys do have an opt-out, though, on Zeke's contract this year. I hope for their sake they do, because I I think if they cut Zeke, I'm not sure he gets signed before the end of training camp. He, he'd flame out like Todd Gurley. So he, might, he might get a training camp invite to somebody. Maybe. Maybe Buffalo looking for... Some sort of, they've got a whole bunch of finesse and speed guys. They don't have a ground and pound, yeah. two yard Look, monster looking for a, looking for some hope of glimmer, right? And and you know what? Who knows? Maybe a change of scenery is what he needs. I don't think so. Typically, when a running back's done, a running back's done. Yeah, no, I, mean, I can't think of any time that a running back's been bad where they went to a different team and got better. Yeah, no, I got nothing. Um, it's I I think I think Zeke's done. I think you've got to you've got to address the situation with Dak. Granted, you can't move from Dak. You're you're stuck to him for a while. Um, he's not the reason you could win a championship, 
but in the right and this was their best opportunity to do so. If you put if you put him in a 49ers system, if you put him in that the scenario that Brock in, Purdy's walked into because and if I don't ever want if if Brock Purdy turns into a great quarterback, I don't ever want to hear about the the what Mahomes walked into ever again. <laughs> ever. I get it. But obviously that situation that's impossible to replicate. You had a team that was ready to win. A team that was built to well, win. And if you look at the two two quarterback plays uh playing this last weekend, both de- first off, that that game was such if you're a fan of defenses and hard fought football, that was the greatest football game of all time. That was a that was so much of a better game than what I thought it was going to be. Those defenses were absolutely phenomenal. Yes. Both sides. I mean the not literally the Niners didn't get a like a 6-yard run in until the fourth quarter. Christian McCaffrey and Debo Samuel combined for an average of like less than 4 yards per play. That's Debo having like four catches for like 65 yards. Nuts. You can't ask for any better defensive play. That that game literally came down to Brock Purdy playing as the better quarterback, which I was hoping it would happen. I didn't think it would. Because he's, in all essence, he's not the better quarterback. But he doesn't. <laughs> he, he doesn't deli- hand deliver one to a linebacker that drops it. Nope, and his one interception that should have been was tipped at the line of scrimmage and tipped again by his wide receiver. Yeah, and then Diggs dropped it. And then Diggs full-on didn't know what to do with the football in his hand for the first time in his career. Yeah, because that guy is a wide receiver that plays D-back. Like, which I think you could probably also criticize him on the George Kittle catch because... If he goes after the ball there, as opposed to whatever the hell he was doing, oh, he was trying, trying to f- not to die. He was going to try and fuck George up, but George would have probably just kept running. Because yeah. that probably would have stood him up. But if, if he goes after the ball there, probably going to be an incomplete pass. Um, but no, I that defense is obviously good. It is obviously good. Both those defenses, obviously good. But, man, I think you exposed a whole linebacker. Van Der Esch is a good linebacker. You need a second one. Very much so. Why'd they let Jalen Smith go? Well, because he was ass. He wasn't ass-ass, though. Well, no, but... They had ass-ass and ass-ass-ass. Sorry, ass-ass was under center. They had ass-ass-ass and ass-ass-ass junior on either side of Van Der Esch. And then every now and then they were like, hey, yes. edge rusher. So you took your – don't get me wrong. Mike, Micah could be an all-pro middle linebacker Which well. he was drafted to be. Yeah, Abs- yeah. He, <laughs> he could be an all-pro middle linebacker too. But he's also your best passer. If you're going to stand him up, you have to replace an edge rusher. If you're going to mm-hmm. rush him, you have to get a linebacker. He can't play two positions at once like he tries to. And you know what? For him trying, 
he did pretty he did pretty damn good pretty damn and actually the way it was looking because whenever they lined him up they lined and this is stupid because he had like one or two plays where he lined up against mike mcglinchey and the only two pressures mcglinchey gave up were against micah parsons one of those we would like i would like to stop interrupt you here because that hump move from Micah Parsons on six foot nine, two hundred and seventy pound Mike McGlinchey. A guy that size wise grades out as a middle linebacker. Maybe an off ball linebacker. To hump move Mike McGlinchey and toss him to the side. Like Sorry. the chewed up and, rag doll. And now I have to now I have to stop you. When when Austin says he he tossed him to the side, Micah Parsons got kicked in the face on accident. He threw him so hard. Mike McGlinchey's feet went above both of their heads. It was the nastiest thing. I've seen in a long time coming off the edge. And I watch Nick Bosa every week. I don't know to who taught him that hump move. That was the most perfectly executed hump move I have seen in my viewing lifetime. I realize there was a hump move before that. And Reggie did a pretty damn good job with it. I have not seen that move executed by a modern, I can't say modern, a my lifetime superstar in any way, shape, or form. It was beautiful. Until Micah Parsons ragdolled six foot nine, 270 pound right tackle Mike McGlinchey. I want him on my team. Talk about McGlinchey. But by God, don't ever let that happen to you again. <laughs> that was nuts. That was... We don't give Micah enough love because of the team he plays for, and I don't think either one of us will disagree with that. No. We still give the boy credit. We don't give him the love, and again, you put the star on the helmet. You're gonna de- you're gonna devalue yourself in my eyes. Very much so. Nothing it's per- kind of like playing for the Lakers in the NBA. It's it's nothing personal. I just hate you personally <laughs> with a passion. Um, but no, I mean the dude is one of the well, best it, players. When in- you watch that play, McGlinchey was like in. He was he had his hips low. He was he was ready to come, and he just. He he shot his arms up like he's supposed to. I mean, he comes to just hit him right in the chest, and he gets his his left armpit hooked, and he gets picked up. I don't just knucking futs out there. I I I loved it. It was it was so beautiful to watch that hunt move. Because, like I said, it's not something we see very often anymore. But for an undersized pass rusher. To do that to an oversized (laughs) offensive lineman. Just crazy. 
was absolutely beautiful. I mean, on that play, obviously not for the game, on that play, Micah Parsons was the Eagles and McGlinchey was a Giant. Yes. And that is the only synopsis I have of the Eagles-Giants game. That that about sums it up. Okay. So, uh, what's... I, I guess what's your third point? Because we've we Th- kinda... those were all three. Oh. We kind of transitioned oh, two to three. Yeah, oh. my third point was. You see how good I am at this. Was 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 what? What can you do to fix the Cowboys? And which gotcha. boils down to, first off, and we've been saying it, uh, I think since episode one one uh, one two, one three, one four one five, and then one six, which was actually the the first episode that we got to produce um, was that Mike McCarthy needed to be fired and somebody else brought in. So I'm glad we were on the same page with that. Yeah. I mean, Um, here we are. And with just like almost an incredible body of work to show exactly um, why he should be fired. I mean, they don't always just build out a scenario, a case for us, but it's better when they do. I mean, it helps. It, um, it, it definitely, it it definitely doesn't hurt. Um, I'd see oh, some. Charles Amenahu from the 49ers got arrested today on misdemeanor domestic. Um, don't know anything other than that. His girlfriend said that he pushed her, and cops were called. Um, so that's going to be pretty big. He was huge. In the game on Sunday, he's been huge, actually, for the last couple of years for the Niners. Um, I don't see him remaining on the team regardless of what happens. Uh, The Niners made that very clear with Reuben Foster. uh, Don't get in trouble. I was Honestly, I was kind of hoping it was a vacuum cleaner incident where, you know, it's like, well, fuck, he's going to miss the rest of the playoffs. But at least... Like, with the Chiefs, they can go, really? A vacuum cleaner? Mm -hmm. Okay, suspend the guy. We're not going to release him because he broke his vacuum cleaner that he bought. And let me just check his salary. He can afford another one. Like, I was (laughs) hoping, really? And this is really shitty of me as just a human being and a football fan. I was really hoping it was one of those situations, but the accusations are he pushed his girlfriend, which is not not acceptable in any way, shape, or form. So I don't see him remaining on the 49ers. He's going to, let's be honest, probably get a chance with the Cowboys or the Raiders. Um, or the Chiefs. <laughs> uh, and... Don't make stupid decisions. I mean, last week I forgot to bring it up during the the <coughs> cast, but uh, another 49ers edge rusher is in prison right now. Alden Smith, he got charged for his drunk driving arrest in two th- 2021 after he came back from other drunk driving <coughs> uh, charges and played for the Cowboys, and he looked good. Got arrested again. Quit making stupid fucking decisions. I don't know what else to say. 
I mean, that pretty much covers it. I mean, <laughs> you're out there. Um, you're doing the one thing that we <laughs> wish we could be doing. So instead of being able to go out and do it, we talk about it. I don't. I don't feel like it's that hard. I, and I, there's a lot of mental illness that goes around, but you can't. You got to know when to just stop yourself. If you have to lock yourself in a room. And just think about it for a little bit. Beat the shit out of a wall. You got to do whatever you got to do to keep yourself employed mm-hmm. and out of the spotlight. Oh, and then I guess there was one other thing I wanted to at least bring up to you. Um, we kind of hit on it when we were heading up to the game on Saturday. Um, but last week, Shannon Sharp got into it with, uh, let's see, it was uh, every member of the Memphis, Memphis Grizzlies. And he wanted all the smoke. And and John Morant's had tea. While wearing a blue cardigan. Only one man. Only one man walks into a fight wearing a blue cardigan and you go, he can kick my ass. That would be Shannon Sharp. Shannon Sharp came out on uh, Undisputed yesterday morning and publicly apologized um, to FS1, his family, Everybody in the uh, Grizzlies uh, organization, all the players, he came out and publicly apologized. I assume there were some private apologies as well. But I just wanted to bring that up because Shannon Sharp is, he's human, and that's what I love about him. He, He shows exactly who he is at all times, and when he's not proud of it, he lets you know, and he tries to... Fix the mistake. I, I kind of strive to be a little bit like Shannon in that way. I hope. Um, same thing kind of like with Dion and even Ed Reed, who there was a lot that went down uh, Friday and Saturday with Ed Reed and uh, his coaching position that has now been, I guess, terminated. It wasn't necessarily terminated. It was, he was relieved after saying "fuck you." It was really weird. I, I don't know. <laughs> it, um, was, it was odd. I do have one other thing I would like to bring up. Go for it. We got a little bit of time. I'm. I understand, to a point especially for NFL teams, sometimes you have to manufacture some stories to use as motivation for your team. Okay. The fact that the Bengals are using selling tickets, pre-selling tickets... Oh, yeah, we talked about this. ...to a neutral side AFC championship game as motivation whilst they were selling... AFC Championship games for when they hosted Jacksonville while Buffalo was host selling tickets while they prepared to host Jacksonville and while Kansas City sold tickets to prepare for hosting anybody oh, other than the Bills. And and don't forget um the Eagles were selling championship game tickets to host everybody the Niners were selling tickets uh, to host the Giants. The Dallas was selling tickets to host 
the Giants. So th- this whole makeshift scenario that, oh, we're upset because they were pre-selling tickets for a football game, if that's the only thing you can find is motivation. And hold on to it like you did. Holy shit. Like, I understand. Well, it was, they were, you know, selling tickets for a neutral site game because they knew those two teams were going and sorry to keep ruining your plans. Listen, I like the team. Having some issues with uh, Eli Apple and his mouth. Oh, that was um, some bullshit. Right now. But, do you. Do you not understand how football works? I mean, we sell season tickets all the time. You don't do that the morning of the game. What? So you're telling me that pre-selling tickets? So I, I'm I'm trying to figure out if they're getting mad at the Chiefs trying to pre the the Chiefs and the Bucks trying to pre-sell tickets for the Germany games next year because they don't know who the opponent's going to be. Oh, we got to put a stop to this. Like, it's ridiculous. The idea that you're mad because they're they're prepping tickets for a potential game. By the way, a game that is multiple hours away from either home base... Whilst put it, putting the other ticket packages for a game that you have to host Jacksonville is fucking ridiculous. Yeah, I hope um, everybody's getting their money back. Better send them refunds yeah, out. That was that was the dumbest thing. And what? And I'm and the media, the media bought into it and and yeah. helped. Why? Uh, I heard it at work. What? And all I can think was. Pre-selling, you get online week two, and your favorite team is ho or is like, hey, playoff tickets right here. We don't know yet to be determined. Get on the list now. The Texans do it. Like, let's think about that for a second. The way you said that was beautiful. Um. <laughs> it's just so stupid like i said the the idea that it was that big of an ordeal is ridiculous um like i said oh god eli apple is gonna get eli apple's going to have issues Um, eli apple's face is going to be inverted by the end of the summer and I guess the, uh, one last thing to hit on, and then, then we'll get out of here. Did you see the announcement the NFL made today in regards to the Super Bowl? I did not. They announced the officiating crew. I don't like the way you're looking at me here. You shouldn't. Oh, God. You know how we've we've discussed this on this show. Am I going to have to change my foreplay for tomorrow? That there are officials, and we shouldn't know the names of any of these guys, right? Uh Uh-huh. So, since you clearly don't have any idea where this is going, 
I would like to inform you who the head official for the Super Bowl this year is. Carl Sheffers. Why isn't it Sean Hockley? Why couldn't it be Sean Hockley? His dad, great ref. He could strangle a man through the TV. Sean can do the same thing. Why not Sean Hockley and his crew? But for some godforsaken reason. Oh, you better not make it. I, I say this out of love. You better not make it. So, I'm sure all Chiefs fans know exactly who Carl Sheffers is. Um, so, yeah, I, I saw that today. I saw that this morning as I was dropping Jim off. And I was like, well, if the Chiefs happen to beat the Bengals, which by no means is a guarantee, they're losing the Super Bowl. Because I don't believe most officials are rigging games, are are doing things to make money on the side. Like, Not I, most. I don't believe that most of them are. I can think of two or three crews that are. Carl Sheffers, I absolutely believe, is rigging games to his advantage. Carl Sheffers, and then, I can't remember his name now, but the same guy that got pissed off and chased down Joey Bosa. Mm-hmm. Same ref. Remember when Terry McLaurin... Motioned out. Yep. Same ref. Yep. Said so there's, there's there's things ref. that you know make you believe um, certain storylines, but yeah, no, I, I just wanted to share that because I, I did not enjoy enjoy that headline coming out. Um, with that being said, are you good? I'm good. I'm All ready right. for tomorrow's episode. I know. Tonight, you got back quite a bit later than you were anticipating. I've been sitting here kind of like Patrick, waiting on Spongebob. I I, I got home a full hour after I was expecting. And were you guys like going 45 down the highway or something? I need you to not. I'm not sure I'm sleeping tonight. Blood's still a little boiling. Um, I didn't know if that was smoke or steam coming off of your head. It's both. Uh, but we're going to get out of here for tonight. Tomorrow will be a little bit more long form on the show as opposed to tonight. I, I, I told you guys, you know, the playoffs, unfortunately, are going to get weird for me because of my second employment situation. But we're going to do our best if it will, we might have to change the way things flow like we are tonight. But tomorrow we'll we'll have a little more in depth, a big, little more deep dive into some stuff, a few more talking points. I think both of us would like to hit on. Um, but with that being said, tonight be kind to each other, love one another. And Ryan, I'm going to just graciously hand this off to you. How about them cowboys? <laughs> <laughs>